This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 299 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Is that a Clyde in your car? Please support our sponsors because they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Kentucky Performance Products. You can visit them at kppusa.com. And you, our listeners. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hail or hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop, cause it's time again for Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. This is Glenda Geek. And this is not Helena B. It is Coach Jen. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Howdy, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate you being here on the Stable Scoop Show. You could say hi to me. I did. I said howdy, everybody. That included you. Jeez. And Coach Jen is here today (laughs) because... Helena is not. Is not. She is uh, <laughs> off doing her real job today. She actually does have a real job, and she had to meet with clients today, so she's off this week. We'll be back again next week for episode number 300 next Woo-hoo. week. See, that's the difference, Glenn. I don't have a real job. That's it. That's it. <laughs> it's true. You don't get paid either. You so don't get paid either. That too. <laughs> Well, we we are going to have a special celebration coming up here in August. I think it's going to be around episode number 312, which would be our sixth year of doing this show. And we're going to do a live show in the evening some night and just have a sit-around chat, let people call in and chat with our listener kind of show. So look forward to that coming up over the summer time. We'll be heading into our seventh year here on the Horse Radio Network and the Stable Scoop Radio Show. That's crazy. And Jennifer, of course, is host of Horse Tip Daily Show. If you don't listen to Horse Tip Daily, hop on over to horsetipdaily.com or check them out on our app. Uh, You can find all of our shows on the app, but uh, you'll find Horse Tip Daily there. And it has like the last 25 episodes. But she's done, what are you up to, 1,000? Oh, 937. 937 episodes. So if you want to, and those are not timely. You can go back to episode one and listen to it, and it's still a tip about horses. That's right. It's hey, I, I wanted to remind folks, too, if you are not already a fan on the Horse Tip Daily Facebook page, you should be, because I do post lots of tips there as well, in addition to the podcast. Whenever I come across clever articles, interesting factoids, PDF files you can print out and hang in your barn, I post them over on the Horse Tip Daily Facebook page, a great place to hang out. And that's also a great place you can say, hey, Jen, do a tip on, because we appreciate that. Very good. Thank you, Jennifer. And what else did we have to talk about here? What other housekeeping did we have? Uh, been driving the pony a good bit, and uh, other than a few temper tantrums here and there, he's been doing okay. <laughs> he's funny. He does have temper tantrums. Uh, he's like a pony. He's just a typical <laughs> pony. And that's starting to come out. The fatter and happier he gets, yeah. the, the more little temper tantrums come out. Thank God Jennifer's here to help me with the little guy. 
because it's kind of hard. That is one thing about driving is, uh, you know, unless you get to the point where my my first pony was Piper, unless you get to that point where you're you're very well trained and broke, it's a two person operation because you need one to head them. You really shouldn't be doing it by yourself unless especially with a green pony. Right. Or horse. It's a group activity. And that suits you, Glenn, because you're a group activity kind of guy. Yeah, that is true, but you can't have those days where you just go out by yourself and you want to have a nice, quiet day by yourself. Now, that'll come in another year or so. I'll be able to do that. But. See, that's, that's what the whole coaching culture came about because the wealthy person would sit in the front seat and drive, and he wasn't by himself because that wasn't very safe, but the groom sat in the back and it was like the monkey, hear no evil, see no evil. He just sat back there. He didn't talk. He didn't interact so that the person in the front driving is kind of by themselves. So if you just don't talk when we go out together, that'd right. be great. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that'd be, be exactly like that. No interaction. <laughs> <laughs> I'll yeah. tell you what is, what is more difficult about driving is you, always, you, can't just, you can't just ride. You can go out bareback and ride. Yes. You can throw a halter on. You, you have a lead rope for, for reins, and you can just go out and ride. Well, you can't do that with driving. You got to put, no matter what, you still got to put the harness on. You got to get the card out. You got to do all that stuff. Right. You can't avoid those parts. There's stuff when you drive, even, even at the pared down level at which you drive, because um, drive, people who are real, honest to goodness, real drivers, not just goof offs like you are, um, they use a lot more stuff than you do. You have the bare minimum to stay safe, and it's still a lot of stuff. It's still a lot of stuff, and I'm not driving pairs or fort hands. Crazy. Uh, I'm only I'm only harness, harnessing one horse. Yeah. But the uh, the interesting part too is there's a difference between carts and carriages, and the difference is a cart has two wheels, a carriage has four. Well, what that means is those shafts that come out the front of the cart, you have to have your cart balanced just right so it doesn't put an inordinate amount of weight on those shafts on the horse's back. Right. Uh, and so with a carriage, you're, you don't worry, you're not worried about that. That's right. not a concern, no but with yeah. a cart, it is. And we've been fooling around with that for the months that we've had this cart and harness and working with the pony. And we have one more adjustment I think we're going to have to do to get it to where it should be. And we're still yeah. fooling with it. it, still fooling. it well, it we is, are amateurs, Glenn. Yes, that is true. <laughs> but we're getting professional <laughs> advice from Dr. Wendy. Yeah, we have plenty of professional advice, but we ourselves are amateurs. And frankly... Um, we did buy a new harness, so the, the harness had to kind of settle and stretch into place because it was brand new. But, you know, I, I frankly, I think if we, uh, if we measured P.T. Scooter, I got a sneaking suspicion he grew a little bit. I do, too. I think he grew maybe about an inch. I, don't, I still don't think he's 13 hands, although we should measure him here sometime soon. Yeah. Uh, he was 12 he and a half when we got him, and I think, well, he has definitely grown out, if you're counting that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Well, fat ball. We actually had to buy him a muzzle now for the summertime because we think he's going to need muzzle and he's getting kind of chunky. Well, and he, he has a very lush paddock that he goes out in, uh, and he never stops eating. He just never stops. stops. Yeah, no, he never stops. He doesn't he take never, a break. You know, uh, other horses will be laying down. Your horse speaker, quarter horse, who's also extremely fat. Yeah, he's tubby. We'll occasionally take breaks during the day for a couple hours and sleep. Uh, Scooter doesn't seem to need any because he he's just out there. Does not need sleep. Scooter does not need sleep. He just eats continuously. Yes, his yeah. little body just yearns for food. Maybe, <laughs> like that some... comes... <laughs> Maybe that comes from being a starvation case. I don't know. And it comes from being a pony. You know what else too? We 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 should talk about this because it is frustrating, and and other people I'm sure have gone through it. We, the, we 
where we go out of the neighborhood here, we live in a question community. There's 400 houses. 300 of them are horse people that have horses in their yards. They're all five acres plus. And we, where we drive, uh, PT, and where you ride is, is a road not too far from where we live. And there are a couple horses there that are looking pretty poor and have been looking pretty poor for a long time. But it is so frustrating because Jennifer did the right thing. She called animal control here in Florida. And what did they say? Uh, they said, well, we already have a case on it. There's a case number because somebody else has already contacted them. Uh, matter of fact, at least two other people have contacted them. That's how skinny these horses are. They yeah. were PT scooter skinny. Yeah. And um, that was it. She was like ready to say goodbye. And I said, well, isn't there anything else I can do? Well, there is, quote, a nutritionist and, quote, a veterinarian, quote, working with the owners already. Well, I go by these horses a couple of times a week, and I do it, you know, year-round. And I said to the little operator lady, you know, there might be a nutritionist and a vet working with them, but they're not getting any fatter. <laughs> somebody's not taking somebody's advice. And I really had to kind of push to get her to even take down my name and phone number to, to get a call back from the officer in charge of the case, which I found disheartening. And you're never going to get a call back. Yeah, I found it disheartening. Yes. Basically, until the horses are laying down dead, they're not going to do anything. Yeah. And, you know, we are, you, know, on our, you know, we've talked about this before when we've seen horses that are in trouble and stuff, and you post on Facebook and people say, we've got to report them. Well, sometimes that, yeah, you do, and you should, but it doesn't always help. Yeah. Well, you know, something, though, that makes a big difference is you need to report things like this in a sensible, sane manner. Screaming, yelling, and making accusations doesn't impress the police. Uh, you need to do it in a timely fashion. You, and more people does make a difference. If you have eight or ten different people making the report on the same thing, that will make a difference. You have to be willing to give them your name. Um, they're, they're less willing to prosecute whenever they're, everybody's anonymous and doesn't want right, right. to you know, come forward. Anyway, uh, we're going, speaking of messes, we have a... A terrific guest here to start the day. We have Jody Werner, who you'll know from Ask Murray fame. Well, today's a little bit different. She writes a comedy article for Chronicle of the Horse, and she wrote one on on cars for horse people. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, speaking of messy. And then coming up later in the show, we have James Poole, who is of JFP Equine out of Waterloo, Illinois. And he is a Clydesdale guy. Well, he just sold one of his Clydesdales for a new auction record. So we're going to talk to him about that horse he sold and all about the Clydesdale, which, of course, is the horse that everybody... I think, I think you could almost call Clydesdale's America's horse, right? I mean, that's kind of the reputation they have. Well, with the so, whole beer thing, yeah, sure. Yeah, with the whole uh, sure. Budweiser thing. Everybody relates to the Clydesdales, yeah. even if you're not a horse person. And then we have a Tack and Habit product coming up later on in the show. And, and we thank Jennifer for joining and helping me out here today. Let's that's go to... Because I have no job. Because yep. you have no job. Right. And uh, I'm your boss and I made you. <laughs> so Jody Werner's coming up first uh, of Ask Murray fame. And we're going to be talking about something a little different, not Ask Murray today. So let's get Jody on. Well, hi, Jody. Welcome back to the show. Good morning, Glenn. Happy to be here. Well, one of the things that we have hidden from our listeners, I think, we always talk about uh, Ask Murray and, the, and all the different advice that Murray gives all the time, but Jody is also a comedy writer for Chronicle of the Horse. 
That is correct. I have a monthly humor column that if you follow Chronicle of the Horse on Facebook, you will see the post, or if you follow their website, you'll see it there, too. Very good. Well, you did one that caught my eye recently because I feel very strongly about this topic as a horse husband, and that is about barn cars. And uh, it, was, it was a kind of a long article and made me laugh. But So we're going to pick out, you picked out some paragraphs here that we're going to read and chat about a little bit out of this article. But I think these paragraphs pretty much say it all. They kind of sum up the, yeah. the whole uh, concept of the barn car, which anybody that has a horse, you, if you have a horse, you have a barn car. It's a foregone conclusion. Yeah, and I don't care what the car is, whether it's a, a Corvette or a truck. Any uh, car immediately becomes a barn car. Right, exactly. If you're a horse girl, it's a barn car. So, uh, all right, why don't you read the first paragraph? Barn cars are not clean. The exterior, is covered, with, the exterior <laughs> is covered with dirt, horse slobber, kitty cat paw prints, bug splatter, and bird duty that may obscure the original paint to the extent that the color of the car is unidentifiable. The interior is an amalgam of mud, horsehair, rice holes, and hay remnants, all of which regard you as a giant living lint brush and may attach themselves to you, your possessions, or your progeny without your prior knowledge or consent. <laughs> and we are, it's so funny you say that because we just got back, we went out to lunch, and we are in the mis- middle of love bug season here in Florida. And oh. Anybody that hasn't experienced love bugs, when you said, you know, bug splatter, if you haven't experienced love bug season in Florida, you haven't lived. Because we got home, I'm looking at my car outside the studio here, and the compl- you barely see out the windshield. It is that covered in bug splatter. We have uh, these giant clouds of bugs that come out right about sunset and like to just hang out on the road between the barn and my house and just randomly commit mass suicide by driving <laughs> themselves into your windshield. <laughs> and love bugs, are they like love bugs? Are they sticky so you can't run your windshield wiper with this washer stuff? Because it just smears it everywhere. They are extremely sticky, and by the time you get home, your headlights have been obliterated so that you're a hazard to yourself and others. And if you don't wash them off of the paint immediately, they actually permanently yes. mark the paint. They eat the paint. That's true of love bugs, They're too. They're nature's flying sandpaper. <laughs> Hey, we have a trick if you ever get into those love bugs or, or the San Francisco bugs. Um, you use, and this works very well, you take unused dryer sheets uh, and you damp, you moisten them, you make them wet, and you use that to wipe your windshield, it cleans them right off. Unused dryer sheets. That's good to know because not even the car wash gets them off if those no. suckers dry on. Nope. <laughs> All right, paragraph two. Riding in a barn car may cause you to become imbued with certain aromas. Repeated showering, shampooing, and scrubbing and beating clothing with sticks may be required to eradicate said aromas. Until then, you may find that your spouse, siblings, children, dog or cat will refuse to be in the same room with you. Look on the bright side. There's that me time you've been wanting. (laughs) I remember this well. Oh, there's nothing like walking into the house and as soon as you become as soon as you get to room temperature like oh my god yeah yeah i remember her coming home from the barn at times and it was like oh man go take a shower and you tend to not smell it on yourself you just wonder why other people are moving away with you and why suddenly there's nobody else in the 10 items or less aisle at the grocery store exactly (laughs) (laughs) yeah like wow i thought there'd be a crowd here but everybody's way over there (laughs) that is so true so true It is a foregone conclusion that people who accept a ride in a barn car will, at some point, end up going to the barn. Reasons for spontaneous trips to the barn include veterinary emergency, 
dropping off feeder supplies, changes in weather requiring immediate blanketing or unblanketing, and I just want to check on the horses real quick. Oh, that's the worst one for horse husbands. Real quick. Yeah, because that uh, means two hours later you're going to be leaving the barn and you're going to be late for wherever you're going. Go ahead, sorry. If you have a severe allergy to horses, please just keep an EpiPen in your purse. I can drop you <laughs> off with the emergency room later. In the case of a veterinary emergency, you'll have to tough it out. However, I will ask the vet to check on you when he's done with my horse. Be sure to give him your contact information so he can bill you. <laughs> <laughs> See, this paragraph should have started with, uh, uh, it is a foregone conclusion that people who accept a ride in a barn car, and the first part of that uh, should have been, we'll have to clean off the seat in order to be able to fit in the barn car. Oh, and that's like a three-step process. Because yes. first, you have to take something from the back seat, put it in the trunk, and then you have to take the stuff in the front seat and put it in the space back. you cleared in the back seat. And then you can shove somebody in there if they don't mind, like riding with their knees hiked up around their chin because you still got a bag of cookies on the floor. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you talked about earlier about the horse hair and the rice hulls. Not to mention the forty-five drink cups and McDonald's bags that have collected in there as well. Uh, Absolutely. And actually, it's, it's kind of good to give somebody a ride once in a while, because if you get them in the front seat and they move around enough, they'll, like, clean out some of that lint and some of those rice holes that will just <laughs> exit the car with your friend. <laughs> I remember, too, the first time as a, as a boyfriend uh, that has never been involved around horses. Talk about the vet call. First time you have a colic and your girlfriend says, you, we need to walk the horse for a while, just a little while. Can you walk the horse for a little while? And they always make it sound like it's going to be, I have to walk the horse for 10 minutes and everything will be fine. Three hours later, you're still walking the horse. Uh, yeah, I remember that at two in the morning. Yeah, But you have to keep your priorities straight. Why do horses never colic during the day? Why do they always colic at two in the, or at like nine thirty at night? So it goes all night long. They only colic when it's most expensive to do so. That's right. That's true. That is true. <laughs> yeah, this article that's very good. Everybody has to go read it. It's at chroniclethehorse dot com, and you'll find uh, Jody's articles over there. But this this one was especially good because it's one of the pet peeves of all horse husbands. It is, and it's just it's just part of life and part of owning a horse. So you can either have another car. Or you can take the bus. So what? So I'm going to ask for, for all horse husbands. I'm representing all of them today. So Jody, why is this that that horse girls just don't seem to be able to take the garbage out of the car with them when they walk into the house? I think it might be because as as enough stuff gets in there, we actually can't find it, and we can't distinguish garbage from non garbage. <laughs> oh, we didn't mention clothing and bras and. Uh, Riding well, you have pants. to have a change of clothing, clothing when you go to the barn because Hello? God knows how much GMSO you're going to spill on yourself, right? Hello? Yeah. And don't forget the bag of carrots that rolled under the seat and now shriveled up into what resembles orange french fries. Yeah! Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, that's better than the apple that got under there Ooh. and now has melted into a pile of goo. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. You know, the worst thing, though, is, and, and I think even horse girls are good at making sure the banana peel doesn't stay there because you only do that once because that reeks it's never much fun that's well, very true well jody thank you so much for joining us again we really appreciate it give out your website address my website address is www.sfredhead.com san francisco redhead.com sfredhead.com thank you jody
Well, right after this word from Kentucky Performance Products, we are going to our next guest. His name is James Poole. He is of JFP Equine out of Waterloo, Illinois. And he is a Clydesdale guy. And he uh, just had a couple of his horses over at the Clydesdale auction. That happens every year, the 2014 National Clydesdale Sale. And we're going to hear about one of those horses in particular because he broke a record. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Electrolytes. Who needs them? Your horse, that's who. Electrolytes perform critical functions within your horse's body. They help regulate nerve and muscle functions by carrying electrical impulses between cells. In addition, electrolytes assist the body in maintaining a healthy fluid balance by controlling your horse's desire to drink. When your horse loses significant amounts of electrolytes and fluids, problems such as dehydration, muscle cramping, fatigue, tying up, and colic may occur. Even in mild forms, these conditions can have a negative impact on your horse's ability to perform and recover after exercise. Top riders and veterinarians turn to Summer Games Electrolyte to keep their horse healthy in hot weather, and you can too. Summer Games replenishes the electrolytes and trace minerals lost when your horse sweats, and it stimulates the thirst response so your horse continues to drink and stay properly hydrated. So when the going gets hot, trust Summer Games Electrolyte from Kentucky Performance Products to protect your horse. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Well, hi, Jim. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Glenn and Jennifer. Very nice to uh, be here. Well, I I love talking about draft horses. I'm a draft horse guy at heart. I've always owned ponies and draft horses, and uh, I've never actually owned my own horse. Uh, it's always been one one scale or the other. And you, how did you get into Clydesdales? Well, draft horses have been the, the story of my life. I've never had another job other than being around draft horses. I grew up on a farm in uh, Western Canada. My family raised actually raised Belgian horses, and we showed them for a number of years before I got involved in the uh, the Clydesdales. I um, left Canada and. Um, I was offered when I was offered a job with Anheuser Busch, and I ended up managing the uh, the Budweiser Clydesdales for 25 years. Um, I retired from there in um, 2010, and um, bought a little place over in Illinois, a little farm over in Illinois. And I thought I'd always have a couple of draft horses and just kind of enjoy them, but. Uh, it actually turned into something more than that. Uh, it always does, Jim. It always does. <laughs> It's funny how you end up collecting and then thinking, oh, I'm just going to do this for fun, and then it leads into something else. It, it happens to all of us horse people. Pardon me? Uh, it happens to all of us horse people, how we end up Oh, I'm, I'm sure it does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize that you had worked for uh, Budweiser. I did uh, for 25 years, yes. Wow. So what was that like? I mean, were you, were you on the road? Were you involved in the breeding operation? Where were, what was your position? Well, you know, when I started, I, I was on the road. I spent a couple of years on the road as a, a management supervisor, and then I got into the uh, 
the breeding operation and managed that for a little bit and um, ended up last uh, 10 years I was there as being the general manager of uh, Clydesdale Operations. You know, we were talking about this, Jennifer and I were talking about this before we got you on, and that is that uh, truly the Clydesdale, I really think, has become America's horse thanks to Budweiser. You know, that's absolutely true, and um, um, the Budweiser Clydesdales uh, pretty much set the the benchmark for for the Clydesdale breed. So it's true within the breed itself as well? Oh, yes, yes. Everybody, uh, recognizes the Budweiser Clydesdales and, and everybody that seems to want to own a Clydesdale wants a horse just like a Budweiser Clydesdale. How popular are Clydesdales in the general population? I mean, are there a lot of people who own Clydesdales? Are there a lot of them around? Well, I think it's increasing um, dramatically in the last few years. And, um, you know, a lot of that, again, is due to Budweiser, the exposure they get from Budweiser and seeing them all over the country, and there's a lot of new people um, into it in the last few years, and uh, some great breeding programs around the country. And, um, you know, I I deal with a lot of the the breeders around the country and kind of know where all the good horses are, and it's just uh, a lot of fun. Let's talk a little bit about that, uh, about new people coming into draft horses, because I think that's an important thing. You know, I th- do you find that people that get into draft horses are surprised? You know, a lot of them have owned horses before, but have never owned draft horses. What do you see as the big differences? And I, c- I could talk to you a little bit about this, of what we learned owning draft horse Percherons. Uh, what do you see as the big difference and the thing that surprises people the most that have been used to owning a horse or a pony? Well, you know, um, pretty much the same applies to a, a regular horse as a Clydesdale, the basic uh, the care for them. But, uh, you know, Clydesdale much larger, and I think people are surprised how much they actually eat and how much it uh, right. <laughs> costs to feed them. And, uh, and chew know, them. them around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, shoes are much bigger. Clydesdale... Big Clydesdale shoe weighs about five pounds compared to one pound for uh, a small horse. So, how much will it cost, just as an example, to sh- put four on a on a Clydesdale? Put four shoes on. Well, I think the normal price is um, just to nail them on is about one hundred and fifty bucks. Then there's the price of shoes and, and nails and everything after that. Yeah, our, we always found it. Usually, we never got out for less than three hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, that would sound about right. Yeah, it, that's what we always found, too. And the, the other thing is, you're used to feeding your horse a couple flakes of hay here a day. We were, you know, we were feeding a bale a day. Is that unusual? <laughs> no, that's not un- unusual. Uh, a normal draft horse will eat about 40 pounds of hay per day. Um, yeah. You know, and about three quarts of grain, and minerals and vitamins and all that good stuff. It adds it's up. very costly. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's probably the reason that I don't own one down here in Florida. When you're paying $15 a bale, uh, yes. t- 10 to $15 a bale, you, it, it's tough to own a lot. You know, it's tough to own draft horses. Absolutely. You're right. You know, times 30 days a month, and it really does add up quick. And then you have to add, you have to raise the roof on your barn, otherwise they have to duck. Yes. <laughs> we used to have well, bank barns, and they really did have to duck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, now, you are a Clydesdale breeder, correct? We don't actually breed Clydesdales. I, I travel around the country and um, and look at prospective uh, potential Clydesdales for other people. And, uh, you know, I, I buy most of my young horses. Okay. 
And that, but you ended up at the 2014 National Clydesdale sale. First, tell us about that. Well, I've been taking horse to that sale since its uh, conception over 30 years ago. And, uh, you know, it's always been a great experience. Our horses have always sold good, but uh, we had no idea that um, the one that we took this year, named Mark, uh, was going to sell for the price he did. But uh, there just happened to be two or three people wanted the same horse, and uh, he ended up going to a uh, buyer in Florida. And the interesting thing about uh, Mark and what he's going to be doing in Florida, most people buy these high-powered potential hitch geldings for showing and harness, and Mark will never see a set of harness. He will be loved seven days a week, 24 hours a day, and uh, the only thing he'll be doing is uh, riding occasionally. Wow, so he's going to be a, he's a pet. Uh, yeah, basically he is. He's, yeah. uh, he's got to be the luckiest horse on earth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I actually delivered him to Florida in the last few days, and uh, he's in a beautiful facility and just a very comfortable place, and, and um, I envy him. <laughs> yeah, I think most of us envy how well our horses get taken care of. Um, you know, this horse, tell us, give to, so as a benchmark, what, do, what does an average Clydesdale sell for at the, at the national auction? You know, I think the average is around uh, $6,000. Okay. Um, Mark kind of shattered that this year and, and brought the average up. His uh, selling price was sixty thousand dollars. Wow! And, and the pre- previous record I read was forty thousand. Yeah, that's correct. Wow! Yeah, I think that was five or six years ago. So what was it about? It was Mark a gelding by way of stallion. Mark is a gelding. Okay. And um, and what was it about Mark? Do you think? Have you been able well, to pin it down? <laughs> He's a very unique individual, just a really nice horse to be around. He's uh, one, of, one of the nicest horses that I've ever been around, very intelligent. And I think um, he's exactly what the folks were looking for. They actually came to my farm um, three or four weeks ago and, and spent a day with Mark and just absolutely fell in love with him. And um, Just there was something about him that, uh, I guess a lot of things about him they liked. He's, he's the kind of horse that... Uh, never seems to do anything wrong. He always anticipates what his handler is going to do next, and uh, he just he's just real easy to, to care for. And Mark was a big boy at 18 hands, weighing uh, almost a ton, right? Yeah, he weighs uh, right around 2,000 pounds, and he's, he's actually over 18 hands, probably 18-1. He was a big horse, but a very uh, modern-type horse, very high-headed, modern-type, intelligent looking and just a very sharp eye and sharp ears and just once again really nice horse to be around he's very attractive i saw the pictures of him and and uh he's just he's just handsome i mean i don't know what else you say about him he's just a good looking horse uh yeah we we used to uh when he was here we hitched him quite frequently and uh we have a nice vehicle to hitch to and we drive him alongside the road and there'd be traffic uh stopped alongside the road just watching him just i couldn't believe it Again, America's horse, right? I mean, everybody wants to see one in person. And, you know, we're horse people. We have, we have owned draft horses, and, and I've been around draft horse hitches of sixes and fours and eights. Yet, when the Budweiser Clydesdales came to Ocala, we were down there like everybody else. I mean, it's just, I don't care who you are, they're impressive. They really are. They certainly are, and um, they're well worth going to see and just, just a great opportunity. 
So do you, and, and I think the thing that people think of too, you mentioned that the, these people that bought Mark are going to be riding them. I think that that's something that's overlooked a lot of times. We always think about them pulling a wagon or pulling a cart or whatever, but uh, we used ours for riding. I mean, we used our Percherons for riding and they make terrific riding horses. Yeah, that's correct. And I, I believe it's becoming more and more popular. More and more people are looking for uh, these horses to ride. And especially yeah, they the- have multiple uses. <clears throat> The crosses too, especially if you cross them back the thoroughbreds and stuff. Um, yes. Yeah, they've been using more of more of them as sport horses. Um, mm-hmm. What have you? What have you? What have you? What has changed since you started getting into Clydesdales through the past thirty years? What do you think has changed as far as the the Clydesdale breed and the perception? Well, I think the Clydesdale breed has changed. They used to be, uh, you know, shorter, blockier horses and. And uh, they're, as I mentioned before, they're they're kind of streamlined now and taller and um, maybe a lot more action. And you know, this is done through breeding and imports um, from Scotland and um, the place where the Clydesdale was actually uh, originated. And um, some great breeding programs. And you know, when you see a Budweiser hitch, there you see nothing but but class going down the street and. Uh, you know, Clydesdales are just very attractive uh, individuals. No question. Class and feathers, that's what you see going down the street. Um, yeah, yeah, and when you're talking about caring for draft horses, Clydesdales are, are probably a little more difficult to care for with the feathers because of the feathers and, um, you know, more opportunity to, especially in the high humidity states, getting uh, a thing like scratches in their feathers, and you have to be very careful and keep them clean and make sure they have lots of air and um, really have to watch them in the hot weather. Jennifer? Well, I was just going to ask that question is for a horse with the, the heavy, heavy feathering like Clydesdale does and, and Gypsy Vanners have that similar, very heavy feathering. If there were any um, management issues that people should be aware of before they go jumping with both feet into the Clydesdale ownership biz. Now, Certain long-haired breed dogs, they recommend that you do not clip them because it's not good for their health. Can you, I know this probably sounds like sacrilege to you, can you clip their legs if you cannot or are unable to keep those feathers well cared for? Is there any reason you couldn't clip them? You know, I don't think there's any reason. In fact, um, I think a veterinarian would would recommend you clip them if if they had a case of uh, real bad scratches. Mm Mm-hmm. But um, there is something you can do, like preventative maintenance, and it's, it's real simple. We use uh, a mixture of light mineral oil and light yellow sulfur, and, and you know, apply it right into their feathers about every three weeks when, mm-hmm. when the horses are in hot, humid weather. Mm-hmm. Um, more frequently in hot, humid weather, we, we do it all the time, really, but uh, you know, much more frequently in, uh, when it's humid. Yeah, and that, that's something that we always have a problem with down here in Florida. You know, even the horses that don't have feathers have uh, uh, have a risk of scratches. So it, it's something that we have to deal with down here all the time because it is so hot and sure. humid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. 
Interesting. Now, we had a problem, too. Speaking of health, we always had a problem with our Percherons, and I, and I hear that this is a draft horse thing with their feet and abscesses. Um, it, it just seemed like the, the Percherons that we owned, uh, you know, we owned a lot of horses, so, and the Percherons were the only ones with this problem, was, was always fighting the abscess issue. Is that a common thing, or with the drafts? You know, I, I, we've never had much of a problem with that. We've had occasionally... Uh, but not a real problem. But I, I've heard about it that uh, you know it can be a problem, and and I think high humidity has uh, you know is a major factor regarding that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you were going to say to somebody that was looking at getting a Clydesdale and they've owned other horses, so everybody listens to this show are horse people, what what piece of advice would you give them? <laughs> I would say just. Um, you know, take your time and don't jump into it right now. Learn all uh, the facts about uh, what it really takes to care for them. And they're they're green animals to have around, but it, they, you know they're like a big dog. They they take a little more care than the normal horse. And um, you know, get to know the breed a little bit and talk to people that uh, that really know about it. And do just do your research. Do your homework. And where to go? Where where would you say is the best place to go to find a, a you know a, a half decent Clyde? Well, the the organization, the Clydesdale Breeders of the United States, a very reputable organization. They they can uh, point you in the right direction. You know the breeders to talk to, and um, we we offer our unique service ourselves. Um, I said before that I was supposedly retired, but didn't quite happen that way. And it's called JFP Equine, and we match people to horses, sort of like Match.com. And uh, we've been really busy at it. We've had a lot of people contact us and, and want horses. And and then we offer an affiliate to that, which is called Horsepower, Horsepower Ranch. And we will actually let people come here to the our little farm here and, and give them a, you know, a half-day, two-day, three-day, whatever they want little seminar, private seminar, and, and show them exactly what to do. Clydesdale 101. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great idea because, you, you know, a lot of times we get into, we buy something or a horse that we don't know anything about the breed, and, you know, we try and figure it out as we slumber along. So I think that's a terrific idea, by the way. Uh, well, it, it's, we've had tremendous uh, response to it, a lot of inquiries. And I like the uh, JFP Equine Consulting too because you know you know the Clydesdale I don't so if I'm going to buy one I don't you know I'm just looking at it and saying well that one's pretty I really don't know anything else so you know so I could call you and say okay I need a Clydesdale I want to drive it I'm going to use it for occasional driving he's going to keep my pony he's going to keep my pony company and you'll find and I want one that's broke and maybe a little bit older and you'll find that one you'll that's your job yeah we'll take care of that for you no problem. Okay. This was good. an example. This was not a request. <laughs> this was just an example. I'll call you later, okay, when yeah. she's not listening. <laughs> well, congratulations on having the uh, record setter, and uh, it sounds like Mark is ending up with the perfect life. I think he is, yes. Well, congratulations to the people who bought him, too, and uh, we know Florida. We like Florida. We think it's a great place to live, and I'm sure Mark will as well. And you know one thing he's going to learn to do while he's here in Florida, like all Florida horses do, is they learn to love Spanish moss for some reason. I don't know why, but they love Spanish moss. Thank, thank you very much for joining us, Jim. Thanks, Jim. 
Jim's Facebook page is JFP Equine Consulting LLC. And the website to go to if you want to have a Clydesdale adventure of your very own, that just cover your ears, Glenn, so you don't hear this, experiencehorsepower.com. That's experiencehorsepower.com, so you can have a Clydesdale adventure with Jim. And we will put links to these on the show notes page at stablescoop.com. Well, that made me want to draft horse all over again. I told you, he that was not a request. I'm going to erase his email address from your computer. I'm, sure I'm hiding Jim his phone number. Find us a very nice old one that needs a house to live in and would like to retire to Florida. Even the old ones eat a bale of hay a day. That's true, they do. They probably eat more than a bale a day. Yeah, I would think so. <laughs> Down here, it would be expensive. I think we figured it out the one time. What did we figure, $300 a month or more? It's something. It would be crazy. <laughs> it's just it a would be just one. crazy. Yeah. yeah but- and you know something? It's not even the cost and the amount of hay. It's the poop. I'm sorry. <laughs> they do make big poop. Because when you put a bale in, you're getting a bale out. There's a lot more poop than my 12-hand hackney pony. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot more poop. Yeah, yeah. you're right about you, that. Yeah. I remember, cleaning, uh, I remember cleaning the stalls, and it was like... Yeah. And Joe <laughs> was a pig. He was. You'd strip it every day. So basically, you had a bale of hay a day and a bale of bedding a day. Every day. Every day. Yep. Yeah, and he, he was, was the only pig. one we had that ever got cast, too, in this stall. Well, he was a big, dumb baby. Yeah, he was. He was 18 yeah. months when we got him, and he was only, what, 17.5? Or 17 and a half? 17.5, <laughs> well, well, he seemed like, yeah. but when 17 we, and a half. When we got him, I think, <coughs> excuse me, he was right around 16 hands when we got him, and he was about 18 months old. And silly us, I'm going, oh, he's not going to get a whole lot bigger. He's 18 months old. Ah! Yeah, he turned Duh. out to be over 18 hands. We, we should have hired Jim. Yes, we should have. Jim would have known. He would have told us, that one's going to be a ton. <laughs> <laughs> He was a good boy, though. Well, we are coming up next to our Tech and Habit Product of the Week. You the music. This Tack and Habit segment is sponsored by you, the listener. That's right, you, the listener. We have many people we'd like to thank for becoming official HRN auditors. If you haven't looked into that yet, just go to staplescoop.com, click on the big banner in the middle of the page, and you too can help support all of us here at the Horse Radio Network and help us increase our programming and do some more fun things. Our sponsors help us keep the lights on, and our listeners help us grow the network. So if you would like to, if you like the programming and like what you hear and can afford a dollar a month, uh, or $5 a month or $10, as little as a dollar a month, head on over to uh, t- to the website, click on the banner. We, I'll tell you what, uh, we've been thrilled with the response we've gotten, and the auditors get a lot of little perks and benefits, too. Auditor perks. Auditor That's perks. right. It's like yep. being a member. You get little perks for that. So right. head on over there. We sent out our first batch of perks here a couple weeks ago, and uh, we'll be sending out a bunch more for the new people coming up this week. So thank you to all of our auditors. Today's product, tell us about it, Jennifer. Today we have a multi-product tack and habit, the non-finer soft grip rubber reins, and for the drivers in the audience, Zilco Synthetic R-Grip reins. They are both made with the same rubbery grip, one for riders, one for drivers. Now, rubber reins have been around for a long time, and they're, they're usually that, those thick ones with the bumples. Are these different than that? They are. Uh, traditional rubber reins are a set of flat leather reins, 
and then a rubber bumpily sleeve is put on over top and stitched down. Right. So you have the thickness of the leather plus the thickness of the rubber, which makes the reins rather stiff and very, very bulky. Um, and the rubber grip reins that we're talking about today, you have the leather section next to the bit and the leather section at the bite end of the reins, which is the other end with the buckle. But the piece in between doesn't have rubber inside of it. It's just the rubber itself. And it's not, it, the rubber inside of it is designed to take tension. It's made for this kind of thing. So it's not just squishy rubber that's going to tear. It's very strong. And what it does is it creates a rain with a similar thickness and drape to it that leather would have. So you don't end up with that big bulky feel in your hands. Um, and in my personal experience, I don't think it had the same issue with getting gummy and get sticky and gooey and comes off all over your gloves like mm -hmm. the rubber sleeved ones do. Mm -hmm. um, and, it's, and it's bumpy, but the bumps are reasonably smooth so you can ride in them with or without gloves. You don't have to wear gloves with them. Um, and I, th I felt them when we were down at Rolex. I was playing with them in at the Bit of Britain booth, as, you, as were you. And I thought, oh, these things really feel good. I like them a lot. Well, I especially didn't like the, the, the thicker ones that we're used to, the thicker rubber reins that we're used to, because when you're driving, you have, first of all, your reins are much longer, so you're dealing with m more rain. Uh, and they're too fat. They're just too, and I have big hands, yet I found them too fat. Because yes. one of the things, you, you know, when you're driving is sometimes you'll be weaving the reins through your fingers and you don't want those fat ones. No. Yeah. So. And when you have to have two reins and a whip. Right. And the rein, the end of the rein, the part that you're not using what they call the bite end of the rein. When you're driving, there might be three or more feet of that on the dash of the carriage in front of you. And that really heavy stuff that's that's thick and stiff like that, it doesn't lay on the floor of the carriage very comfortably. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Makes this big, gooey, cord-like mess. It's nasty. Right. So Nun Finer sells them for riders. And uh, Zilco, which is, I have a Zilco harness for my pony, which you can get at drivingessentials.com. Uh, you can get those over there at Driving Essentials uh, for the drivers out there. Yes. So at at none at uh, Bit of Britain, it's a none finer product. So bit stores other than Bit of Britain do carry it. Uh, their synthetic reins retail for eighty nine ninety five, and it does come in a variety of colors. The, the the rubber grip, so you can go there and choose your favorite color. And being a none finer product, if you have specific length needs, they can customize. So you can just give them a call. You go to their website at bitofbritain.com and give them a call. And at drivingessentials.com. They offer the rubber grip reins. They call them the R-grip. The non-rubbery part is the famous high-quality Zilco uh, Beta product, and then the rest of it is the rubbery grip. Depending on the length you need, it goes from pony single all the way up to horse pair in length. They're going to retail between $105 and $205, and uh, you get them in no time flat from Driving Essentials. That's because everything with driving is more expensive. No, right. Just, <laughs> that's when they're longer. Well, it, there's more there's of more it. There's more of it, yeah. There's a lot of stuff there's when you double, drive. As we yeah, said when we opened the show, true. there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> that is true. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. As we said, Helena uh, just had off today because she had some real work to do, the work she actually makes money at. Yep, and I have no real job. Got and, it. That's right, and she'll be back next week, so you can take a look for episode number 300 next week. 
here on Stable Scoop. Don't forget to get the Horse Radio Network phone app at uh, iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and it's easy to use. And for details about today's show, links to all of our guests, go to stablescoop.com. If you're if you're ever wondering, oh, there's somebody that, I wonder if they ever talk to them. Just go to the website and search. There's a search function on the website at stablescoop.com. Put in the name and it'll tell you whether we ever talked to them. You go back to a past episode and that goes back six years, everybody. Six years. Hard to wow. believe. I know. It's hard to believe. I remember, you know, I remember when I said to you, my brother talked me into doing this, actually. I was working for him at the time, and I don't think he liked me. So he yeah, said, uh, yeah. you need a job. You need to do something else. No, he actually did like me. And he, he was encouraging me to get out my creative energies by, by doing a podcast. And he listened he got, to podcasts. He got tired of you taking your creative energy out on spreadsheets. On him, That's yeah. What it was. Him, yeah. Exactly. So he said, oh, you got to do this. And I remember saying to Jennifer one day, I think I'm going to talk to Helena and about doing a show. You thought it was a good idea. You also wanted me to get my creative energies out. Yes. <clears throat> so little did you know what it was going to become either. So Ugh, Had I only known. Had you only known, she would have said, no, don't do it. Run. Don't do it. Run. <laughs> no, we love doing the Horse Radio Network. It's a lot of fun. But we have the best job in the world. We get to talk to cool horse people like Jim, I mean, and like Jody, and just cool. have fun at work. That's it. So. There you go. Thank you, everybody. We'll be back again next week. Happy scooping. Oh, I got it. You got it. Yay.